0: Hey nerds, it's Geeks of Cascadia, Geeks of Cascadia, Geeks of Cascadia, exclusive tabletop gaming podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest, all levels of gamers, fun. analog gaming, tabletop news, dungeons and dragons, and magic. magic.
1: Stupid, mindless, bad. There will definitely be some bet That's probably our A best. A that, that's, our, that's our
0: best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now back to our show.
2: Hey, geeks. Blue Samurai here, and I am with... Rebeculous. And also... That oh, guy. I'm so
0: bald. Yes, and welcome to episode
2: 67. Woo! Shut the front door. Really?
0: I know. Yeah, we've, we've had 67 episodes. And I mm. uh, apologize to the viewers and listeners out there. We kind of slowed down with our episodes because we're all essential workers. And, uh, you know, you got to eat and stay protected. So We're sorry Thank for you. depriving
2: you of our awesome podcast wonderfulness. Yeah, I'm fine. sure... This is hardship for everybody. Yes. Not hearing us as often. Here's, here's as my you new, can. New hey, Steve's here. got pussy. Yes. Well, cat. Um, is that your new cat? Is that your new cat?
0: Yes, it's my new cat.
2: Aww.
0: Yes, yes that was Fuji. Yeah.
1: Fuji. Fuji, like, like yes. the mountain.
0: Like the mountain, and then we have another cat named Kiku. Fuji and Kiku. Kiku also like the mountain. Oh. Um,
2: look at you! Thanks oh. for bringing the geography in. <laughs> oh. So, um, we have a great show for you today. Uh great interview, Paul, really, really, really great got. show. Sorry, Ed what Sullivan. Never mind. We're old. You're, you're too young. He doesn't like when yeah. we interrupt him. Look at that. Mm. Patiently waiting.
0: He didn't interrupt me. I said, no. Paul,
2: what do we got today?
1: That's oh, nice. hey. Yeah, we have a pandemic special.
2: Aren't pandemic these all?
1: Um, Dungeons and Dragons, Rick and Morty? No. They, Zoom no. will capture this. No. No, no. No, no nope. it's not what we have. Try the oh, other guy.
0: That. that is next week's episode.
1: What do we oh, have sorry. We're, week's, we're week's episode? We're talking to Mike Selinker,
0: <laughs>
2: who's awesome. Good pronunciation. I think he would approve of that. And also, we don't
0: right. drink in podcasts at the same time. The are week. you sure? I'm pretty sure. Since when?
1: <laughs> I'm not
0: sure about that. Well, it's okay, but you, man, you, I don't know how you missed the fact that we we're doing Mike this week and
1: D&D next Well, week. we just had the whole um, thing that we did for next week. Yes. About Rick and Marty.
0: But we also have some great con news, right?
1: Great con news, yes.
0: <laughs> there are
1: no conventions. Um, mm. However, <laughs> Gen Con. Is doing this cool free online thing. Go to GenCon.com, and you can sign up for a. a, a um, why is my mouse not working? It's so frustrating! about my mouse. Um, GenCon online.
2: You can. Looks like the I mimic is eating his head. It's pretty it cool.
1: Mm-hmm. My wife painted this.
2: Get near the tongue, so it's like it's licking your ear. Oh, you like that? You like that, don't you? I really like that. That's great. That's
1: fantastic. (laughs) Um, Gen Con Online, where you can do Discord stuff, or um, there's events. And just go to to GenCon.com and click online, and it's free. Also, there's merch. Also coming up, PAX Online. Breaking. I'll also stay home and not have, pay for parking in Seattle. And there's panels and there's content and there's games. Um, go to packsite.com. You know,
2: if I might interrupt you, I know yeah. the COVID sucks and everything, but like on some of these things where packs online and whatnot, like you could watch a panel and if you had several screens, as I do, you could also you could yeah. like do several things at one time, whereas in person, you couldn't necessarily do that. You couldn't see the speaker you want because the game you signed up for is going on. Right. So, you know, just saying, there's kind of cool things and about this, this. Almost kind of better. It's almost kind of better. And then you don't have to actually be I'll near anyone. It. Can it's I a get really a shirt? Almost kind of better. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Because I, I went to PAX once. And I hate crowds. And Is that why you work in a grocery crowds. store? That's part of it. Yeah. Are those stress
2: dreams. You have stress dreams. Uh, not now. Not that I've changed stores. No. Okay. Well, I bet. Okay. Well, that makes sense.
1: Um, but I have stress dreams. Like crowds of people. Um.
0: Anyway, Pax online. Go to Pax.com. All right. And, of course, uh, if you were here last, uh, last episode, we, we found out, unfortunately, that uh, Dragonflight, uh, like all the other cons, uh, are either canceled or – well, this one's canceled. I don't think they're going online, though. Uh, pay attention to Dragonflight. They no. have not updated their website. Um, I love them, but they have not updated their website. I, I think they're still trying to decide on whether or not they're going to go online. Yeah.
2: Why can't everyone just, we can hold these things and everyone can just go in like bubbles, like, you know, bubbles, you walk.
0: You mean like hamster?
2: Yes, yes. And then we could all collect in a big hotel, you know, and just, I mean, going upstairs might be a challenge. Sure. Sure.
0: This is Kiku.
2: Kiku. Kiku. Hi, sweet pea. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness! You get the like highest cute ratings so far mm-hmm. of this no, podcast, and that I'm never trying, happens.
0: I'm trying to up our ratings on because Lord knows we we need it. Which, by the way, if you want to contact us, email us at geeks of Cascadia at gmail dot com or
1: your I'm personal Twitter phone number, geeks of Cascadia, um, or at Facebook at yes. geeks of Cascadia,
2: Twitter, Instagram. Are we on those?
0: Oh yeah, Instagram, yes, at oh, so don't forget to subscribe to us. So uh, Rebecca, what do we got for tabletop uh, tip top game news?
2: Well, you know, I was trying to do a COVID related set of games to review, uh-huh. but I, I thought I'd find a whole bunch of pandemic games out there, but really just the opposite. I don't think people want to put games out there with pandemic. themes. I thought they would, but so I just picked some that were interesting to me. And one of the things that is interesting to me is these Japanese game shows where, you know, you get punished if you don't pass the thing, <laughs> like Silent Library or Batsu. I don't know if you watched Batsu. Do you know what Batsu means? Blue Samurai? No. Dude, for real. Okay. It means punishment. It means punishment. And there is a live Japanese game show called Batsu. And I know what
0: Onada means. That means fart.
2: It's not what I asked you, but that's actually good to know. I'm going to write that down. Onada. This is a hentai, meme. Oh, Sorry, I've onada And And uh, this game is Batsu. It's by Giant Fox Studios. It's based on the real uh, real live live TV game show where you have four players. Um, they're in front of a crowd, and the crowd suggests things, and they have to improv. And whoever... Gets the least votes of success for the improv gets punished via paintball gun to your gut or uh, I don't know you got to put your fingers in a mouse trap or eat sushi off a big hairy man's wow. stomach those types of punishments the wow. things I love um, so the uh, because of the COVID they um, came up with a party game and you can play it your own your own uh, Zoom. You know Zoomness there, I guess you could probably play more than four, but it still says four players. um It comes with uh cards, the suggestion topic improv cards, of course the you don't need to be in front of a live audience to improv and vote on who did the best um and the punishments are kind of made up. By yourself, unless you pledge a certain amount. I think it might have been like I don't know, twenty bucks or something. Maybe it's fifty. And I forgot. You have to check Kickstarter, and they um, will send you a, a pack of punishment cards. Um, gargling, gargling beer for a minute while singing a song. Um, oh. Somebody, some another punishment is somebody in your in your you know circle of friends like touches you with a little soft thing for a minute while you're trying to recite, oh. so, you know, those types of punishments, not, it's, it's it sounds kind of cool to me. Um, and it's, uh, that's it. It's called Batsu giant Fox studios. Um, and, and it's, and it's actually not that expensive at all. So, uh, that was fun. That looked fun to me. Uh, I found this one called 19 second story and it's by taco rocket games, taco rocket out of Austin, Texas, and it's uh, by this uh, teacher named Paul Lopez, and he created this game to kill time with his students. You could teach them. That would be a thing. Anyway, I didn't say (laughs) that. But it looks really fun. You have 19 seconds to uh, tell a story, and you have to include a secret word, and the secret word comes from the hand in your deck of the secret words. Everyone gets passed out seven cards, and the opposing team has to figure out which of your secret words it is. like your story could be 19 seconds long it could be I went to the grocery store I needed to replenish the things in my refrigerator I had to maneuver around certain customers to stay six feet apart I paid for all my loot and took off and if you're the opposing team you might think that loot would be the secret word because that's kind of weird but it wasn't it was in this case maneuver I don't know something like that so That type of thing. It's really simple. It's really easy. And uh, whoever gets 19 points first wins. It's like super, super basic. And that's actually why I really liked it. Uh, Taco Rocket Games called 19 Second Story. Um, They actually still need some more monies on Kickstarter until like middle of August. Not that much more. Help them out. And then, uh, yes, yes, sir. Yes, still, Paul. Did you have a question still, Paul? No. Okay.
1: support on Kickstarter.
2: Yeah. Um, And then this is the third one. I didn't get to research this thoroughly. I'm sorry, but I'm sticking with it because it looks really, really cool. And if I were to force it being related to COVID, it's because a lot of people are cooking more here at home. It's actually called Recipe for Disaster. It is a card game of culinary chaos. Um, It's by this chap named Drunken. I'm so sorry, guy. Duncan Drury. Duncan Drury. It can't be the first time someone said drunken to you. It can't be. Anyway, uh, he's from the UK, mate. He's from Maidstone, UK. Okay. All right. My friend. You can yes. Edit that out if you want to. Um, anyway, it's it uh, is also on Kickstarter. They have a few, a few, a few dollars left, please. Um, and it's basically a, a card game, and you are competing with other chefs and you have a certain number of ingredients that you have to all hurry and choose and among those ingredients you have to make this this recipe until someone puts down a time's up card and then when the time's up card is played you have to figure out who has the best recipe which involves the most ingredients and the you know how successfully you tried to do what you were trying to do and then uh, the one thing I didn't get to research is the round of chaos so you'll have to get the game and find out what the round of chaos is for yourself, but it looks super colorful and easy. I love games that are just kind of cards, like a pack of cards. I personally love that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you can play like two to eight players. It looks like two to six, two to six players. And um, that's it. Duncan Dreary recipe for disaster. Cool. And the, Those are my three game Rick. picks. Thank you,
0: Rebecca. We're always getting into the Kickstarter, finding out the new stuff out there sometimes. You can find fun stuff.
2: I was excited to see a lot of games like this instead of pandemic, like the earth is ending, like okay. awful yeah. political games, uh, although those are out there too. Well speaking, but there's a, of,
0: yeah. well, speaking of ending pandemics and all that kind of stuff, I do have some game, other game news from uh, Uh, We got from uh, Team Yankee World War III. They're coming out with their new uh, Team Yankee Americans available with Battlefront uh, Abram Tank Platoon. Uh, You get five Abram tanks that you can get. So check them out. uh, Though being in the military, I think a tank platoon is four, not five. But hey, get an extra tank. Why not? Um, Also, another game called 50% Off Eco's First Contact. Um, Check that out. And from Portal Games, uh, Imperial Settlers: Rise of the Empire. Uh, check that out from uh, Portal Games. And um, another, another interesting, uh, I think, from it's called Black Parades, Dude Dice. I'm getting, I'm getting this all from Tabletop Gaming News. Cool. Uh, looks like a really neat uh, set of Kraken Dice.
2: Black Parades. Black Praise. Yeah, what did check you it say? No, what did you just say? Black
0: Parade, Kraken Dice. Oh. Yeah. Check it out!
2: So, Everyone should have crack a
0: dice. Cool. Oh my gosh! And uh, I know we don't like pandemics, but guess what? Pandemic Legacy Z-Man Games announces jeez. Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. Oh, jeez! So if you want, That's if you're not getting enough pandemic, and by the way,
2: maybe you want a different pandemic. I want to I introduce you all to Bob. Hi, Bob. Oh, Bob! Bob, you're such a sucker. Bob loves that <laughs> so game. Suckers. Bob, yeah. Bob loves all the pandemics. Give Bob a kiss.
0: Uh,
2: There you go. Uh,
0: If you like Star Wars, Star Wars Fantasy Flight (laughs) Troopers for Star Wars Legion.
2: Who likes Star Wars? Yeah,
0: what's that? Star Wars. I've never heard of it. Um, Also, if you like minis and you like D&D and you like the latest release that came out from Wizards of the Coast, uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros. WizKids is putting out uh, a new mini set. So check that out. And of course... All of us are really excited what's coming out in September from uh, D&D, uh, from Wizards of the Coast, Icewind Dale's Rime of the Maiden. Uh, so make sure you uh, support your local game store and um, sure help them out because they could really use a lot of help. Um, I know I've, I've done my part with my local game store here. and I know we'd like to do more with Around the Table, but um, yeah, I haven't. I got
2: I to gotta get in there. So, at least to fill up a growler, if nothing else.
0: Yes. Gotta help him out. Poor
2: Tim. So, oh, uh, Captain, ne- Captain needs you on the bridge still, Paul. Uh-oh. Uh. So I think uh,
0: that's all I got for news and con news. Should we yeah. uh, go into this uh, pretty good interview?
2: That's uh, a really good interview.
0: He is. He is really, he, he's really that
2: guy's, good. like, done so many things. Yeah. Jeez. Mike.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah, I was a little intimidated. Um,
0: and I, 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 the fact that he gave us the time and uh, really opened cool. up on this uh, the interview was is pretty cool. So, so with that, uh, why don't we find out what Mike has to say? This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now, back to our show. Hey, geeks. Uh, We are here with my very special guest, uh, Mike Selenker. Hello. How's it going?
3: I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to join you, geeks of Cascadia. Yes.
0: Yes. Now that we've
3: officially seceded.
0: Yes, (laughs) and we... (laughs) And uh, if you want to know more about Mike, you can just go back to episode 15 and we talk about his history and wow, uh, how we got into this. Wait, what episode is this? Oh, this is 67. Oh, man. Not, okay, yeah, yeah. Go, back and, go back and listen to the
3: Stone Age.
0: That's right. Yeah. right? That's right. We,
3: we played games with, with rocks. We didn't even have sides to our dice. Yes. <laughs> back when there was conventions.
0: Yeah, exactly. Jeez, yeah, I, may
2: I may actually have to listen to this, to a right. podcast from Same us list. now.
0: It was Gen Con 50, and uh, you were so kind enough yeah. to let me uh, talk to you, and that was, that was pretty that was cool.
3: Um, who do you got with you?
0: Thanks. Oh, <laughs> well, in the intros and outros, which you will not be a part of. Oh, I uh, see. Sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, but Rebeculus is always with me, and uh, Paul is always with me. Hello. It's a pleasure to meet you both. <laughs> Likewise. There. We've done the
3: formalities. Yes, yes. <laughs> Successfully, without any awkwardness.
2: <laughs> All right, let's get
0: to the dirt. Yeah, the gaming so, dirt. That's what we want. So, Mike, what is going on with Lone Shark Games?
3: Uh, it's been a fascinating three, four months. I think, as everybody, everybody out there probably knows. Yeah. I mean, I can't get, um, but I think every company's uh, story is a little, a little different uh, over the last few months we had a very different experience than i think a lot of small game companies you know i mean we're we're different in a lot of ways in that we we punch a little bit above our weight um you know we make we make games uh that other companies that are much larger than us the style they make too right so um you know we're just like an 11 person company but um but uh but we had uh, a few things that other companies didn't have. We had a functioning warehouse. And so we continued to ship games uh, to people. And uh, we had uh, a team that really cared about social justice and uh, about uh, taking care of our community. And so we um, did some things that I don't think you know, people saw coming before, before we did them. Like we flattened all our prices down by fifty percent as soon as the first cases broke out here in Washington State, uh, to in a what we call the Save Our Sanity sale, and probably had, uh, in some ways, you know, in terms of actual number of games we got to people, probably the best months we've ever had as a company.
1: Oh wow!
3: Right? Um, now, I mean, obviously, that may not be the best way to run a business overall, but
2: I was right, actually, we- I was actually wondering if you did that because were your sales, I mean, were things not soaring because people had no, not much to wait. do except playing games. I mean, we didn't
3: wait. Yeah. We, we didn't wait for anything to, we, we, we saw the, I came back from PAX East um, where uh, in Boston um, and uh, in that weekend, the, um, the nursing home in Kirkland got its first cases of uh, COVID-19 and and I just sort of came in the next day when I could go in, and I said, uh, "We are in a whole mess of trouble. The whole the whole country is in a whole mess of trouble." Here's my solution. I uh, worked it out with my teammates, and um, the next maybe the next day or two days later, we just said uh, to the world, "If you want our game, so our games are particularly good for people in solo environments." right? Um, we do a lot of stuff with puzzles. And so, uh, but, you know, a lot of things we make, right, are, have listed from one player on. So things like Apocrypha and the ninth world and, um, you know, other games like that. And, uh, you know, also things like the Pathfinder venture card game. Um, so we just said, fine, if we're going to have this, you know, several months where it's going to be a challenging situation And also, sorry, and also um, we should expect a massive wave of unemployment. Um, You know, uh, we just said, look, we're not going to charge what we can charge in a normal environment. We just, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I mean, that's not sustainable in the long run. Right. But in the short run, since we got it, we understood that our, Our warehouse could continue to operate. Uh, We moved five thousand games in a month.
1: Wow!
3: Minimum, right? Uh, I don't actually know. I I lost track, but we, but within the first month, we moved, we moved, you know, mid five figures Mm -hmm. for sure. None of this was new stuff. All of this was, you know, because we weren't. In addition, we weren't getting our new stuff in, right, because of other. Supply chain issues that were were being hit at the same time. So we were just like, "Look, if we have it, you can have it." And uh, um, what happened was an overwhelming positive support. At the same time, um, other companies had the problem that all their inventory was tied up in one or two distributors, which are, which uh, uh, froze inventory, stopped shipping, and stopped paying people. Oh. And, uh, well, you know, that's a, that's a triple whammy, right? You can't get to your stuff, you can't get it to other people and you can't get any cash for it. Right. Right. Like that's, 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 and we didn't have any of that problem because we, not that we planned for it. We're not smart. I want to be very clear. (laughs) We're not, we're not not capable of thinking that far ahead. Right. (laughs) But, but, we're adaptive. And so we just saw the situation. We saw the need that people were going to have, you know, our, our media, like
2: you read the writing on the wall at just the right time. Well, there were two possibilities,
3: right? And I said, I said these directly in the first staff meeting that we had about it. Uh, I said, number one, um, we could look foolish or number two, we could be right. And we're good at looking foolish. Hmm. We're we're great at that. Yeah, I mean, who cares we, we about th- that? We thrive when we look foolish. Right. Yeah. And so, what would have happened in that case is we would have moved a lot of inventory, and then we would have gone, well, shoot, oh well, I guess no, you know, no barbecue party, All right. right? Yeah. Or whatever, right? It wouldn't have been. Yeah. Wouldn't have been the end of the world. We would have just been like, well, I guess we didn't get didn't do quite as well this quarter as we would have liked, <clears> or we were right, and then this happens, right? right? So uh anyway, it was it was um significant uh for us to be we became kind of a voice for people coping with the the struggles. Um mm-hmm. and then you know the other thing happened, right? So yeah. So then we're like, okay, we're we're riding we, we've done like two or three charity fundraisers for COVID nineteen uh relief. And mm-hmm. um, then uh then may 26th happens right and so uh, now um we get the sense from you know again we're not smart we haven't planned for this um but uh, a rising tide of anger uh and you know championing for justice happens and we're just like you know we're gonna be we're gonna do our best to help lead this too and can so I,
2: can i can yeah, I interject cuz it kind of goes into one of the things and like I said I wasn't kidding I I read and read and read about you since I woke up this morning. <laughs> so um uh and yeah it's not um uh, about the whole black lives matter thing um it's it's not to talk about, you know, profiting off this stuff, covid no, or anything else I obviously, so. but uh, uh, we call what we've been doing I, profiting. I read your uh, <laughs> yeah, I read your your statement, um, your your yeah. big statement about the um, coming clean, your complicity, and it was awesome. I thought it was an awesome stream of thought, and you keep saying you're not smart, you're not smart, but I disagree. Well,
3: at uh, least is, I'll say we don't plan. How
2: well, what that? you are is reflective, <laughs> which plan. is an awesome trait. Okay. That's, for people to reflect yeah. and That's and think it. about what they've done. And to me, um, it was actually uh, prior to this, about a month ago, I had read a statement on Facebook from our mutual friend that we have, who was my first DM, and I was unaware, because I'm a very recent D&D person, um, I didn't play this when I was a kid, I was very unaware that that this bled into the gaming world, and so when I was reading these things, and, and all these Wizards of the Coast, all these cards, these cards that they're getting rid of, and certain descriptions, and our friend saying he's not going to use these terms anymore, and I just thought, wow, I, I kind of never even thought of that, so after reading all the things that you wrote, um, after reading that this morning, what like I mean, talking about it and uh, you know being um, accountable is is the first thing, obviously. So what what more are you doing? I mean, you can't. I can't. You can't very well. Like, I'm going to rush out and hire a bunch of diversity employees. I mean, no. In fact, what are we've you seen the effects.
3: We've seen the negative effects.
2: Besides the removal of the certain grammar and terms. Yeah, we've, uh, seen, the,
3: we've seen the negative effects of of pro forma hiring you know just just yeah i mean you have to you have so um on that front right i mean um i mean uh, so i'm a particularly um what's the right word popular uh subject of the uh sort of right-wing gamergate folks uh you know uh who't yeah, like you
2: congratulations
3: they don't really like me, and I, you know I, oh. I I somehow sleep at night it's fun mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the, the, it seems it seems not to keep me up at night so um but uh one of the things that got me on that list was like um my statement that we don't do really resumes or or um job interviews or design tests because all of those things are really good at getting exactly the kind of person that you are when you administer them, right? All of those are basically mirrors to yourself. And anybody who fits that description will likely think and and perform like you, and thus you haven't really expanded your company. All you've done is increase your work capacity, right? And I've found that to be particularly flawed thinking. Right. So, so, you know, I, um, we're, we're a company that um, uh, takes chances I think on people, but at the same time, I think we would stop short of saying, well, you know, we have to have one of these and one of those and one of these and one of those to look like an appropriately diverse body yeah um what i just say is you know when people say to me um you know well how do i find you know qualified women you know to to be on my design team like how what a Is there a binder
0: binder of women?
3: Uh, Yeah. What a a strange mystery. (laughs) If only you had the subscription to the (laughs) the catalog that contained the women, (laughs) you'd have the ability to, to function as a business. No, you just hire people that you think are great. And you do that by finding them at, um, you know, in gaming environments. Right. I mean, you, you look to see what people have, have written online. You, you, you know, you um you uh, uh check out other games by folks and see if you like them. And if you do, then you go, oh who is this person, right? And so that'll end you up with a much better group of people um than if uh if you you know have a checklist at the start of your yeah. your plan, right? And so so no I don't think there's I don't think there's a clear there's a clear answer to the question how do you make the game industry more diverse um, I don't I don't think that it's a it's a one stop sh- or rather a, I don't think there's a single formula to it um, I think the answer is you know um, you you find people who represent interesting backgrounds you know who are interesting to you like you find people that are interesting to you right um, like Steve you know uh, right Steve you get some um you get different social circles and different um different backgrounds when you represent you know your your Asian experience versus your, yeah. you know, right? I mean like you'll 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 just bring something different to a conversation right simply by having the background.
2: I, it's having the people and it's also having the hirers or people in charge being op- open minded for lack of a better sure. term. I, I, you I, know?
0: Right. And I that's why. Mike, I'm, I'm really impressed with the, the way you do your company and you do your game design. Is it, how do you approach, like, because I was watching some of your YouTube videos and I, I've, I've seen some of your games. It's like, even the characters you try to go out of your way. Um, I think one time you said, hey, I'm going to try to make lists, at least, you know, mo- it might be mostly women characters, and we're not going right. to stick uh, to, you know, um, one sexuality, and we're going to make sure they're diverse. Is it? Do you find it difficult? Do you, how, do you ever find yourself when you're designing a game and taking a step back? You know what? I need to do a little bit more of of you know adjusting. Yeah. Um, I've made it too much. Uh, uh, do your personal yeah. biases come no, out? You,
3: absolutely, absolutely. You, you're totally hitting on something. Um, the single best thing I can say about the reason the reason our games are popular, I think. Is because we do the work. I mean, like you know, our games, are, you know, with the exception of silly stuff like Sausage Party and stuff like that, um, <laughs> which is a fun little game, but it was just like an idea, right? Uh, when we do a real game, uh, we do the work, we do the research, we do the, and and usually you'll find some some story that you can tell that is more interesting than you know than you know a cookie cutter story, and so. By definition, um, our characters, uh, I mean, one of the reasons so many of our um, employees have been women is because so many of our needs are storytelling needs, and there's some weird connection between those two, um, two factors. I can't. I can't explain it. I don't, I don't think it's genetic. I just, Mm -hmm. I I think that there seems to be some thing that, that uh, if if I were to go with one of my games and just go, you know, it's all, it's all men trying to make this, I'd get a different result than if, than if the stories Mm -hmm. come through it, uh, a, a, a group with different differing, Uh, gender experiences and so and the same is true with with race and sexuality and things like that I I think that you know I can't I'm lucky I'm a good writer so I can tell pretty much any story I want Um, but is it gonna feel right am I gonna know it's right unless I can bounce it yeah unless I can share it it?
2: does it ever kind of bum you out? Like I kind of feel like part of the I mean, creativity is just like you just have stories in your head and you're just thinking uh-huh. of things and, and oh this would make a cool game or a cool book or what have you and and then you have the realization of like I need to do this the right way so that uh-huh. I won't get all this backlash and so that everyone is rep you know, I mean is is
3: I I've never is found it kind a, of a limitation. Okay. I've never found it real limitation. Right. Uh, I find that every now and then, um like I'm a horror writer. And so I will have people say to me, you've gone too far. Oh, and I've definitely had. Why have
2: they said that? Oh, I, tell me, tell me why. I,
3: I, on Does a fundamental level, I, I, I don't sympathize. With anything I'm Oh, did you write
2: like did you write some baby murdering things sure. or puppy uh, un- puppy kicking things?
0: Undoubtedly.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't even think of an example. Does,
0: but does it have it. to do with some, with a certain house on the hill? Was that, yeah? Well,
3: I mean, that, that's the thing, it? right? I mean, did, like, did someone betray you? you? <laughs> yeah, well, did you actually get pulled? I, you know, I was never in. Everybody assumes that I was in some sort of house on the hill. I, <laughs> and,
2: come and,
1: on, <laughs>
3: and come that's on. I don't actually remember. I mean, I grew up on a hill. I grew up on Capitol Hill. Can I? But I knew where all the elevators went. Can I? Like there was never a point in my house where I didn't know where the where where the things in the basement were. I
0: I, I got a quick question. I know this is a little bit of a tangent here, but it's like because you brought this up, was there something that you had in there? Some event in in that game that you that that your bosses went? No, Mike. We are oh, yeah. not putting that. Can you give us an example? Is that? Oh, cool? okay.
2: <laughs> um, just one just one come on yeah well yes um
3: so uh well I, I, specific to betrayal or to any of the games oh but, right. betrayal um in the case of betrayal, gosh that's a little that's a long time ago um I definitely we need, we brought, need some
2: think way back music no no I mean, mean yeah
3: so so um betrayal was not a single person's product betrayal was uh, designed uh, at its core by a gentleman named Bruce Glasgow and uh, refined through another gentleman named uh, Rob Davio, who's gone on to amazing things since that point, uh, creating a legacy genre, uh, launching dark tower and a number of things. And so, uh, but then it came to, but, but, but I was the person who said, no, we're putting this game out. I need it. I need the team. Uh, And so I got this. I got the best horror writers. Um, and so I got uh, Taylor Woodruff and and uh, Bruce Cordell and and other people at Wizards of the Coast to um, to write, and I just let them loose. And you know, I mean, like uh, what you definitely see are the watered down versions of what oh. they of what they pitch. Right.
0: I want a director's no, cut. No, right. no oh, yeah,
3: the director's cut yeah well i mean you might not i mean like the thing is like uh, like in the sense like you know there there were definitely times when i or other people would come forward and the end result of the process was not um uh, oh wow you know you you introduced a great new mechanic on how the house could could cannibalize itself but oh my god i never want to do that again
0: Right.
3: And so, oh, wow. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, you, you learn the boundaries of, of, of what, uh, you know, some, some of the games, some of the horror games that we make are, are a little sillier than others. And some of them are like, like serious business. And, and a game like Apocrypha that followed up that was like, here we get to do whatever we want. There's going to be some silly stuff. There's going to be some really serious stuff. Right. Um, and, uh, and so, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm the person who comes forward and says, um, well, there's a, there's a game, I won't spoil the ending for you, but maybe we'll play it sometime. Uh, a game of Apocrypha called Mike Sellinger's Private Game. And the, the rule <laughs> about that game is that you can never tell anyone what happened in that game. You can never tell. It's the rule. You, you commit. And the way I ask the question is, do you want to play a horror game? If you want to play a horror game, we can play a horror game, but you have to say, "I want to play a horror game," and accept the consequences of that.
0: Okay, next Orcacon, when we Steve, actually Steve, tell have, us
2: about that after you play it, he, will you? You won't <laughs> be allowed
0: to in an actual Orcacon where we we'll meet again. Yes. We're going to have to do that.
3: I would advanced. love to. Uh, I've run it, I've run it probably 20 times now and wow. nobody comes. Are there
2: like special robes and candles? And no, 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 no. We <laughs> to be clear,
3: everything we do is, uh, is, is, is all for um, is, is all for entertainment purposes. Right. It's just that my definition of entertainment isn't always the same
2: as everybody. I, else. I have a oh. question, Mr. Mr. Hobbs. Sure. Hi, if you could, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, um, what, What made you decide to submit a crossword puzzle when you were 15 years old? (laughs) Is that just random or were they having a contest or? No. no.
3: Uh, I'm talking about bridge, you're good. Yeah. um, Okay. So, so I decided, so I got, I got, um, uh, I got my, my mom's boyfriend, now her husband, um, bought me when i was 11 or 12 or whatever it was uh bought me the dungeons and dragons basic set the the sort of you know uh and until that point my only real gaming experience was solving crossword puzzles with my mom right and so so now i had two i had two different things going on as as a as a kid right for for games right i, we were, I was i was a puzzle maker and now i had this new game that uh you know nobody in my neighborhood had ever heard of called Dungeons and Dragons and I was like okay let's play this this game and you know I'm sitting there 12 years old at the seat of a of a of a giant so I had in my basement I had a um this is gonna sound strange so this maybe this explains why I make something so I lived in the basement (laughs) um uh, (laughs) so, so I lived in the basement and um I had this, but I had kind of um we were we were not uh, we were not wealthy by any standards we were you know whatever but 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 I had a little bit of a comfortable upbringing in one sense that I think most kids don 't have in that I had space I had a, a three bedroom mini apartment in my house. it was just what other people would call the cellar where things Go to die, but you know, I in my case it was like it was fantastic. So I had a, had a bed and I had my, my bedroom and I had my, my music room, and then I had this giant table. And uh, and the table suddenly became the Dungeons and Dragons table. And so I had uh, a row of airplane chairs, I swear to god, I don't know why I had a row of airplane chairs, but I had a row of mm-hmm. airplane chairs uh, that I was the dungeon master from. And you have to remember at this point, I'm like what three foot. Nine, <laughs> right? like, you know, right. I'm not, you know, not overpowering anybody here. And you know, I, but I get to be in charge of this world and I get to be the person who's, who's the, you know, the powerful person for the first time in my life of any, any, any control of anything. And I sort of get this experience of like, wow, so I'm doing this and it's great, but I can do this. And I'm like 15, you know, I'm like 13 years old, right? I'm like, but you know, some of this stuff is stupid. Why is all this stuff stupid? Why is it not done right? No, of course it was done right. It was done by, you know, talented professionals and like Geneva, Wisconsin and stuff like that. But for me, you know, it's like, no, it's not telling the right stories. It's not so I So um, I decided that, and the same is sort of happening with me in the uh, puzzles is like, I decided, all right, I get something out of this, but let me try making one. You know, we didn't have, you know, any tools or anything like that in that regard. I just sort of got some graph paper out that I got from being a Dungeons and Dragons player, right? And these two things made perfect sense together. I didn't know what graph paper was prior to, prior to getting the D&D base set. And, uh, and I just drew some words out and I figured out I could write in two dimensions at the same time, and, which is a weird thing. And, um, and I just sent it in and I never told anybody what my age was.
2: Right? Oh. i just i just oh. said because at that okay. point
3: you know you don't get on a zoom call <laughs> to talk to the editor when you're submitting something right, right. you just sort of throw it over the transom hi my name is michael d selinker it's very important that my middle initial is in there for some stupid reason uh it makes me makes feel it little, sound more
2: important yeah exactly Absolutely.
3: and i send these in um and they respond with um with with feedback of like, yeah, you got a lot going on here. Um, don't really like this one thing. Can you change that one thing? And I'm like, sure. These are adults talking to me. I do what adults tell me, right? And um, and so so I did those things, and I got a little bit better. But it was like you know over a couple month period. And I sent the stuff back, and they printed it. And then I think by that point, though, they had started to figure out from the correspondence that I was missing some, some pretty clear, you know, like, I, I'm just guessing that at some point one of them turns to another and said, this is a child, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said anything. I haven't said... You're you like, know, no, hey. I'm 14. Yeah, exactly. Man. Right, 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 right. Like, I haven't said anything. I haven't, like, you know, said, I hope to one day be like you when I grow up, like I haven't done any of the tropes that a, a kid, right. you know, meeting their heroes did. I just put all that aside and just like treat me like my work. Right. But then they figured it out and they're like, okay, so they started asking a question. I'm like, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm 13 years old, whatever. And I said, like, Oh, okay. Now they started talking to me like, you know, that, that they could actually fix things that were wrong with me and so they did that like they they went through and they were like okay so here's how you do this kind of thing you are trying to do and right. you're doing a pretty good job of it. wow like, they
2: gave you that much feedback huh
3: yeah they're like That's have giant cool. letters from these handwritten wow. handwritten wow. letters right cool. i'm
2: surprised people. they didn't just uh not reply at all no they, they must have point, clearly well, they realized that i wasn't yeah
3: good yet but they they diamond got in the rough they got a sense that I was going to be, I mean, they're printing my stuff at, you know, age, whatever, 14 or 15,
2: Wikipedia said 15. Whatever.
3: Yeah. That sounds right. Uh, <laughs> well, if you got it from Wikipedia, it's gotta be true. That's yeah, right. yeah. Uh, And uh, so, yeah, so um, they're printing my stuff, but they're also editing it heavily. That's the other thing that's going on, right. Is that, that what I'm seeing is how, when you take something that I have thought of, which somehow I'm able to think of at age 13 or 14, but not quite fully formed enough to execute perfectly. Like I see the version that comes out and I go, oh, I don't, I I run down, whatever bug exists in my head. I go, oh, okay, this is different. This is different. This is different. Learn, 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 try, try, try. And uh, uh, so I, I managed that. Process, I think, very well in the sense of like I'm going to absorb everything out of the brains of these people as I can while they're still talking to me, and I so see. yeah,
2: and uh, absorb it. You did
3: well yeah. by the time I was I, I put myself through college um, in on the basis. Of, sorry, that's not a true statement. Um, Northwestern University put me through college. I, I I managed to pay for my expenses in college. Uh, basically because I was a freelancer in the game industry by the time I was seventeen wow, wow. and so uh i um needed i needed that ability I, I would say that if i didn't if i was if i was thick headed at that point I'm thick headed now let's be very clear uh if I was as thick-headed now then as I am now uh, and resistant to feedback and stuff like that I don't, I don't turn out like
0: this so Mike, right? because,
3: you, right. yeah, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, I just, w- w- what I've noticed is that, you know, there's some game companies uh, put out something and this is going back to diversity and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious about your, your background, how it brought you to this, but you're, you don't just, you don't just talk about it. you walk the walk of uh, diversity and social justice and your progressive politics. In fact, I've seen you support, candidates you've been uh, very vo- very vocal in your writings um you practice it in your business uh i'm just curious where did this all come from is it just the way you grew up is it the fact you i believe you worked for mayor daily uh, mm-hmm. in chicago mm-hmm. for a while too yeah, was it chicago um, politics uh, what, mm-hmm. what 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 yeah. brought this about
3: i was uh i had the f- fortune of well so I mean as a kid um, my parents were very vocal and and um very strong-willed about things uh about social things um I went to protests before I could walk you know stuff like that <laughs> and uh but uh I remember doing I remember things like when I was 7 8 years old making signs for candidates and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I, was, I was always steeped in this. I, um, uh, when I went to school um, for uh, journalism, I became a serious journalist and um, investigative reporter. And then sort of, the, there's this sort of overlap of um, the, the Richard M. Daley's crew uh, in Chicago and the beginning to the Obama machine and I happened to be lucky enough to be coming into Chicago at that period of time, and so I got to meet every never never met Obama, but I, I met literally everybody else and worked with uh, everybody else in that. Um, Obama was uh, surprisingly not um, not a major figure in that movement, right? He was he was. Like me on the fringes in some sense, right? We just didn't overlap, but but we um, uh, and so you know. But the more I did that stuff, uh, the more I did serious stuff on hate crimes and discrimination and housing and federal uh, funding of education and stuff like that. The more I just needed to be a gamer, right? Like the more I mean I I my output of one did not impede the output of the other it increased the output of the other because i had to be like i can't deal with this every day mm-hmm. every day i gotta you know deal with you know gang i you know i was the city's you know an expert on gang symbols and, and date crime database and stuff like that that's stuff you can't take home with you right you gotta you gotta mm-hmm. clear your brain out right mm-hmm.
0: otherwise you go mad so is that why maybe you chose the path of game design because it sounds yeah. like you could have, you could have been great in government you could have been the chief well, I could have been okay at the release could but have I
2: been could. a contender yeah Sorry. i think
3: i
0: think you showed
2: you
3: show a very clear reason why i wouldn't be good in government <laughs> right i mean like you 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 know how to get how to get people who differ with you to come to heal and he does and, and 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 make make something positive out of your differences and i'm not tolerant.
2: i feel like you are where exactly where you're supposed to be no, i mean, yeah i i, 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 I love not. this i and and i let me know when I'm allowed to ask him about maze of games oh, we'll get because, Oh my gosh, I <laughs> yeah. absolutely am just wrapped by that.
3: But to, but to, to sort of more answer Steve's question, right. I mean, like, um, I, I definitely don't never saw myself as an elected official or, a. a but, I, but I definitely feel like being like, I've had the luxury of being, you know, like, uh, our, our representative here is Pramila Jayapal, Uh, and, uh, you know, she and I
0: mm-hmm.
3: are, are had a had a one on one on on stage at PAX a few years ago, right after the Trump election. And um, you know, I don't wouldn't call myself her equal in any way. She's just vastly more accomplished than I am. But but we could talk as if we both had something to contribute to the conversation, right? And that's that's where I want to be. Right. Is I just want to be in the conversation. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the the walking the walk thing, um, you know, I mean, what we just decided was, uh, we're always going to do four to six things a year that are charity or social justice focused. Um, this particular period of time has ramped that up quite a lot. But there's no point where we're not doing something. To, to dramatically, well not dramatically, to, to to have some effect on our community. So in the last few months, um, in addition to the the uh, trying to get games into the hands of people who couldn't otherwise afford them during this period of time, we've spent a lot of time uh, releasing puzzle series that you can get if you donate to particular charities and we've raised something like, I think about $100,000. Oh, nice. so far for for various charities uh in that regard and uh you know i mean uh and these aren't you know we 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 do humble bundles uh that uh with our with our friends there and and try to raise money that way you know we just um it's part of the deal when you walk into my company that you're going to do this like there's no well i just want to play games and i want to leave my my social principles at the door. It's not a tenable position in our company. Right. Uh, you want to talk about not, Grids for not. Good and um, plug that a little bit? Sure. Grids for Good, did you say? Grids for Good, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Washington Post uh, crossword constructor Evan Bernholz um, and I know each other um, and uh, he wanted to make, he's a, he, he's a, board game nerd just like you know we all are and so he said i want to do a a charity project and i'm like sure sounds great he says how do you do that i'm like oh well all right Um, so so we got we got together and we sort of figured that element out and uh but what he was able to do that you know i just thought was amazing was he got everybody who's a crossword puzzle maker that has any sense of social justice to contribute. He was just like, look, I'm doing this. I want people involved. You know, hit the mailing list or whatever, said, look, if you wanna be involved, we're doing this thing. And so what it is, is it's a, it turned out to be a 42, an uh, auspicious number, 42 uh, crossword puzzle constructors of of, of varying backgrounds um, uh, from all over the world. Uh, contributed to this project. Um, it was originally designed uh, to be just to benefit uh, COVID-19 focused charities, and then, as I mentioned before, things changed. Uh, so we we they added a social justice element to it. Um, and you know, uh, one of the great things about doing these projects with lots of different people is we all have like different groups of people that we talk to. So I have a mailing list. You know, he has the Washington Post. That's not trivial. Right. Like, he, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I, I don't know if it was in the print edition, but on the web, web edition of the puzzle page, it's like, here, here's this thing where some of us are doing and his bosses are like, I guess that's cool. And uh, so, um, <clears throat> you know, we raised money for, for a lot of charities that way. That was one that would, didn't require you to pick a specific charity. Sometimes um, like the stuff we do on PuzzlePop.com or loan shark games slash donation, uh, sometimes we'll be about a specific charity. So we did one for Every Mother Counts. We did one for um, uh, the Equal Justice Initiative. We did one for Campaign Zero. Um, you know, all that's in the last three months.
0: I, in your man, you're just amazing, man. You always come up with these games like constantly. I don't know how you do it. You're I know, I'm thinking I know. ahead, I know. and you've been able to put out something um uh where you combine your because you're a student of game design mm-hmm. game theory i think that's right and and bring it in with with politics and you had i i'd read some of this stuff uh, you had you had a book at one point um where you kind of combined the two and it was like wow i I was actually doing this. And I didn't even know about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Game, game theory is, is, is part of it is psychology. Oh, it's, um, it's it's all that. Yeah. Um, can you talk my, a little bit about that and where, yeah. what, what your next project on that is? Well, I will, and I'll make an announcement.
3: Um, you okay. will make an announcement. <laughs> um, so, um, okay. So, uh, Newsflash! Uh, I hope this doesn't isn't a spoiler. Uh, in two thousand and sixteen, we elected a sociopath as president, and uh, <laughs> I Ow. and I was just like, "How the heck did this happen? How 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 did that, How we do? How we nice. do this? Yeah. Right? Like I'm walking around like a hammer has. I been,
2: think we're all stunned. Yeah, I walk
3: just... around like a hammer has hit me <sighs> in the forehead. Right.
2: And Don't I'm make like, me relive it, man. Well, Please. no, I mean, yeah.
3: Well, I, I got some news about November, by the way. Um, so, uh, so we uh, anyway. So, I mean, you know, like everybody else, I'm like doom, 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 and uh, uh. but then I start thinking about it. Right. I'm like, okay, so there have to be some lessons here. Like, there have to be something and i'm like and i start thinking about it thinking Are you about trying it
2: trying to make lemonade out of those lemons well
3: maybe maybe um you know in a certain way yeah but more just like trying to not scream all the time right just try to try to that's try try, try, to, try to figure it out like i figure everything else out like i mean that's what i do i figure stuff out and so that's my job and so i'm like can i treat this like it's my job what would i do in the environment where this and and I remembered all this stuff that I had been taught uh, or, or, or had learned or read about game theory. Um, a friend of mine, a, a, a math teacher named uh, Rich Molina Weber, um, is uh, you know he's a game theorist. He's straight up 100% qualified game theorist. I am not, by the way. I never went to game theory school. He went to game theory school, and so, um, so I'm like talking to him. I'm like, "Does this? Am I doing something right here?" He's like, "Yeah, I do what you're doing." And so I start writing these columns for, for a Medium, um, uh, and a magazine called uh, uh, Politics Meets Politics Means Politics, and. Um, Uh, But basically, the first one I do is called, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, It's basically uh, game theory and the two magic words that will impeach Trump, right? Like, that's the thing I do right out of the gate. And, um, And I do it from a game theory analysis of like, okay, so if I needed Trump to be impeached, and this is like you know a month and month into his term, two months into his term. Like we're not really talking about impeachment, <laughs> right? But but I'm like, okay, let's say it was important. What would I do? And the and the answer I figure out is I get I I say the two magic words are and Pence, uh, impeach Trump and mm-hmm. Pence. And the reason I say that is, and the reason I'm going through this is not to focus on that article, but but um, uh, I'm like okay we need to get Paul Ryan into this thing. Paul Ryan has to want what he wants and he wants certain things and, and you know, and other players want certain things. And how do we deal with that in a game? Like what happens when you have multiple competing agendas? How do you deal with that? And I start talking about like that. I'd also previously done a column um, uh, about when John Boehner said, uh, Speaker John Boehner said Obamacare, Obamacare was, was, not just a damn game. And I'm like, let me teach you what the difference between a game and a puzzle is, Mr. Speaker. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, these both got shared all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, they, the, these two articles specifically were like, this is a game theorist talking to you about how this happened. Listen to him. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm just like a game designer. I don't know what's wrong with you people, but, uh <laughs> but people did start listening. And I was like, all right, let me do this again. And so I did another one called "Co-op Mode," you know, about about why Trump saw good people on both sides in the Charlottesville uh, thing, yeah. and then uh, another one about abortion rights in the game theory of armor and, and just i kept doing it i kept doing it i kept doing it and people were like this is a thing you have to keep doing this thing i just thought i'm just putting some more down now people are like no no you need to do this because what i was getting was people saying you're changing people's votes you're changing i had somebody come up to me at a convention in san antonio and said you changed my vote he was gonna vote republican all nice. the way through and he was awesome. just like nope no, i figured it out you you're saying all the thing like I you talk you talk to me like you didn't yell at me, right? It's not about yelling at people.
2: You can't um, inflict but, your shit on people. I yeah. don't think so, right? But that's gotta but, feel awesome, man. Well, yeah, wow. but I mean
3: like that was a, that was one of those moments, and that was like really early, like that was like like a month in or two months in. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Um, this is a thing, this is a way I can speak without like, it feeling like I'm just, like, if I were to go, I'm not a musician, if I were to go record a protest album, people would go, what are you doing? That's not you. But everybody respected that I was writing game, game theory articles.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. Right? This feels like a natural segue that I so, talked to Steve about before you came on. And, I, the and there's, there is absolutely no irreverence intended at all, but Black Lives Matter game? A la monopoly
3: yeah,
2: uh, oh, card. Oh, that's racist. Oh, you lose your job. Boom. I think I, think, I, I mean I'm I think not sure. We're, we're, su- we're more I'm, subtle than that only because I am absolutely we're not. not trying to be irreverent, but if that anyone can do it, you can do it no, because people I think learn it's really through games. That, people it, learn through games and Yeah.
3: I, I think I think um there so. are limitations. There there are limitations that uh I've discovered.
2: I wouldn't I mean, want it to seem disrespectful no, 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 or no. Well, first, diminishing. Put that, aside. Put, okay. put that
3: aside for a second. Like let's talk just briefly about the 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 way people learn through games, right? Um, uh, you I have my political agenda is is available to you through my games, right? Um, you know, uh, the mere fact of my um, con- collaborators on the you know the Betrayal at House on the Hill expansion. You know, I had Anita Sarkeesian and Zoe Quinn and, and, and other people uh, in that. And I was, you know, these were my friends, but also, you know, they're, they're political lightning rods. And so, um, but, you know, I let, them, I let them maneuver to a certain point. And so we did, you know, um, we, we did some games, game elements that are, that are like that. But I think uh, you got to kind of sneak it. You got to sneak yeah. it. Right? Yeah, you can't. You
2: can't. There. I'm. The, the, I'm. I'm not sure what sounds like a good idea. Like yeah, might be like not. You can't. You
3: can't just sort of mm-hmm. put it on the shelf yeah. and say that thing is a thing I say. So I f- I'm gonna like playing it, like because you've already sort of depurified your game experience through that lens, right? Um, and so I'd much rather do something that's a little more, a little more subtle, so that you know what people see. Like all of our games are thin, thinly veiled parables. I think my game Thornwatch, which we made with um, with uh, Penny Arcade uh, and and our guys uh, Rodney Thompson and Chad Brown and Liz Fain and those people, um, uh, is a is I mean very clearly an echo, par- an ecological parable. Right. It's clearly like, if you look, even you take any moment and you understand that this is, you know, the the environment is rebelling against humanity and and stuff like that, like all this, you're going to get a pretty solidly left wing take on, you know, how people damage the environment and, and stuff like that. Uh, the, every game we write is about something. The North, the ninth world takes place a billion years in the future in a post racial post gender specific, you know, environment where none of the characters are white. Not many of the characters. It's really difficult to tell what gender they are. Um, and, uh, you know, wh- the, uh, apocrypha is based on, you know, um uh, theories about about um alzheimer's disease so everything everything i do has something like that behind it but it's not on the it's not on the tin right like like if you put it on the label you you're what you're getting is a decision in advance of the people you're playing with oh that's not me that's true right or that's not that's not something i want to be right now
2: yeah the people right. who i would want to play the game wouldn't even
3: yeah like you're not going to teach the game or read that. about yeah. the game yeah the, that's the, true. one of the clearest examples i have of that is uh, and i was just reminded of it this so we uh, there were some big um racial justice issues around dungeons and dragons that came up recently uh you know not making humanoid races canonically evil was a big thing. Um, and, you know, that's something we're just used to, right?
0: Like right going back to bad. Tolkien. You orcs know? are
3: bad. Like, there's not not good orcs. I mean, every now and then you'll find one, but, like, you know, but you know, all orcs are bad, right? And so that's what we've been taught, right? And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, in a game that's basically about breaking into people's houses and stealing their stuff, I guess you need to... <laughs> You need you need you need some clear villains cuz otherwise you might actually be the villains. I don't want right. I don't want to spoil the <laughs> ending don't for you. <laughs> but um but uh okay so so that blows up last month yeah. uh, in addition to everything else yeah. in the game industry <laughs> blowing up last month. So that blows up last month and something gets trotted out that I had just really not given any thought to which is that people start sharing a scenario that I wrote, um, sorry, a, a, scenario, a Dungeons & Dragons scenario I wrote for Dungeon Magazine in, oh, uh, I don't know, some, some, two decades ago. Um, uh, and it's called Dark Thane Macbeth. It is a, um, uh, it is a part of a Shakespeare series that I do. I did a thing that had um, The Tempest and King Lear and Sandwich in the Middle was this version of Macbeth. And what it was about was light elves and dark elves working together to try to stop the events of Macbeth from destroying them both. And somebody noticed and said, you know, pointed up and found a PDF of it. Um, Somebody noticed that that was maybe the first time. And maybe like one of the only times where, you know, as a group, not, not Dred Stoward, not the individual character, but but the group of dark elves was treated as if it could have variation in its, you know, in its in its belief system. I didn't know what I was doing at the mm-hmm. time. I just thought it was cool, right? But I realize now that it was a huge deal for the editors at the time to publish that that story it was huge deal because at that point you know Dungeons and Dragons was not the vanguard of anything no right Dungeons and Dragons was a reflection of our culture not not anything that was going to lead to anybody right and I was saying well wait a minute now let's let's put some messaging in here let's let's be on the right side of stuff and I don't think there was any I, I don't have the correspondence but I don't think there was any like correspondence between me and the editors at the point where we were saying, you know, let's do something, let's strike a blow, whatever. But, um, but it mattered to people uh, that, yeah. and yeah. and I totally forgot. I totally forgot. That was a thing that, that happened. I um, feel
2: like, I feel like we do forget because I mean, you know, we're all basically white and I don't know about you, but I grew up super sheltered and, There's the good guys and the bad guys. It's fun, you know, and everything. But the reality of the world is that there are shitty people in every race and color and awesome people in every race and color and everything. I think think
3: it's a better place And it's not
2: disappointing in a game, I don't think. It's not disappointing to me to see all this represented like Mm -hmm. there's a bad guy and I don't care what he is. He's a bad guy and there's a good guy and they're defined by their actions
3: right you know? exactly like i think i think the game doesn't the game environment doesn't lose anything if you have to be clear when somebody's doing an evil act rather than yes stating yeah. that because of their nature they will do evil acts I, yes, right and I agree. so that's the that's the big thing right and I, so uh so yeah i mean like i've been doing this for a while and it's been everywhere in my in my life it's just the last 4 years has been Right. Just well for everybody. But for me, it's been very clarifying, just like, okay, I don't get to sit on the sidelines. Um, You know, I'm from an ethnic background that does spectacularly poorly during fascism, fascist (laughs) regimes. And so I don't, you know, as a Jewish person, I just don't feel like shut up, go along to get along kind of stuff works really well for me. Um, that doesn't mean I have to have my message in front of everybody at all times, but I have to give them access. I'm sorry. I don't have to do anything. I feel like it is the right thing for me to give them access to it if we want. And that was the thing that game theory in the age of chaos was about, right? Was taking these columns that I've written and just saying, there's a hole here. Um, uh, with a W there's a hole here that, that you need to, get that it's it's all part of a single interlocking game system and you know um and it it helped to to clarify these things through through understandings of poker and chess and dungeons and dragons and and football and 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 all the other things that we can relate to uh, as opposed to these monolithic things that are just you know billionaires and and politicians making backroom deals, you're like, oh, that's that's something I can't do anything about. Well, actually, no, there are lots of things you can do about it. Um, So now uh, I said there was going to be an announcement. Um, So uh, I'm doing a new edition of Game Theory and Age of Chaos. It's the omnibus edition. It's going to have like two and a half times as many essays as it had last time. And it's going to come out later this year. Um, and
1: awesome.
3: uh, and yeah, so I was like, okay, I need a new introduction. Somebody who can write something from the point of view of 2020 and being in the middle of it. And who better, who better than the veritable Steve Hobbs.
1: Woo. Uh, that
3: guy.
2: Uh, Yay. Yeah,
3: who has written the introduction, a great introduction about is." is gaming past and how mm-hmm. it intersects with, well, I'm not going to, why am I telling what you tell, <laughs> you tell people about.
0: It. Well, I mean, you'll, you'll have to read the book, but yes, <laughs> uh, what, what for two, there was two things about this one. When you asked me, I was terrified. It's like, Oh sh- shit. Mike's asking me to do this. And he's I'm this designer and writer and <laughs> like, Holy shit. And I was like, He's going to know how dumb I am. Um, yeah. so, well, we
2: all know how dumb you are. That's not the <laughs> point.
0: So I actually, I finally got the time to read through the entire book. And it came to me. It's like, holy crap, this is, I, I've been doing this, but I didn't call it, you know, the, because each of the game theories has a, has a name. And it's like, I didn't know I was doing this. Holy cow, I was doing this. And game theory is is, As I read the book, and as I dove, I did some of my own research about it is part of it is there's math involved, but there's also psychology involved. And it's it's influencing people um, as well. And so that made it easier for me to write this, and I I went, okay, I'm going to write this forward, and and hopefully uh, Mike doesn't totally – Destroy it. No, um, I
3: went in. It uh, went in almost exactly as you wrote it. Uh, wow. There was uh, there were you know um, you're not maybe not the best at punctuating things the way. Thank I you. Think. No, thank no you. he's
2: not. He doesn't I'm believe not. in punctuation. <laughs> but, period. But,
3: but, you know, don't worry, it's not like you're crafting anything important Right? your day job. Uh, but, I got people
0: uh, to check my grammar, Mike. So. <laughs> yeah,
3: but, but, um, but no, no, it was a fantastic uh, forward. It's, it's really great. And, you know, um, this is also a, uh, a, you know, another fundraising project, right? I mean, we have a big election coming up and we have all these social justice issues that need to be addressed. And, you know, if I can do something that gets books in the hands of people and and also contributes to those uh, causes, that's, that's fantastic too. Uh, and also it serves as kind of a strategy guide for fighting fascism i
0: right. I'm, I'm going to use it to get my bills passed now so uh... well you can, if you need copies of it to get
3: your bills passed you just let me know i'll give there you there you go copy. uh but no seriously we um we i was so honored to have steve do this i mean you know you're you're let's let's not just put aside that you know yes you are serving senator and and have
2: don't, don't oh, stroke his ego too but much. but also on, let's please. point out
3: uh the national guard during this period of time
0: no thank you no.
3: right uh you had to coordinate all the response of that or i don't know if coordinates the right word but whatever whatever it is you do with that right mm-hmm. i mean so so i mean the fact that you took time out of that to write this this forward i think was a, a huge a huge boon and I'm I'm
2: very he just happy. passed out a bunch thank of D and D games to his men and they're still playing them now. So yeah, that them play he's D&D. got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's awesome. Well, I mean we we appreciate that. Well, so thank uh, you,
0: well I gotta tell you, I don't know if you my two compatriots here which you uh, I, I introduced you to uh they're they are on the front line because they have to be out there. They're oh, we the work at a grocery store. store. Yes, you have yes, to do it. Otherwise,
2: we can't eat. We cannot eat
0: food. My, my wife is. You a, could
2: eat. You could grow your own food and live off the land.
3: No, 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 it can't. I can't. No, I can't. <laughs> well, let's be very clear that I have certain valuable skills but none of them have <laughs> anything to do with survival um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not no chance whatsoever that if the apocalypse comes i like i'm i'm one of your first day casualties see but now
2: now you know two grocery store people so. well actually i,
3: I happen to you have that you, man. in my background because my wife uh who's sleeping in the other room because she has to go inventory her bakery oh uh, cool. tonight oh, so uh so, so it's been interesting from that point of view too right Because uh, we have such different lives right now before, you know, before the the pandemic hit, um, you know, I was at an office every day. She would come home, you know, from managing the bakery and, you know, take care of the dog in the afternoon, you know, and, and all yeah. like, like, she had a, she had a life that was confined predominantly to the hours of like 4am and and, and 1 p.m. right, whereas I had the struggle out of bed at you know 10:30. Oh, uh, I hate you. And oh, yeah, right. Hey. I mean, like, and then I'm still still working at 9 p.m. right. So we had these like, but I'm at my office or whatever, right. And so, so then this thing hits right, and now obviously we discover who in our family is essential and non-essential <laughs> have a very clear definition right. that the game designer we can do without
2: so. you know what though i mean yes but at the same time it's like yeah, we need to eat but we also need something for our brains right. or Fair we're going enough, to like I mean, lose
3: it but in maslow's hierarchy but yeah needs, i agree with you you're yeah, gonna, I put, know. You're gonna put get yeah. food to people right. ahead of that
2: so, damn you're married to a baker yeah, Dang. And so, oh, wow.
3: I'm married to a bakery manager. It's even oh, uh, hey. um, so awesome. so uh uh but you know, I mean, like now, right? I run my company, uh, you know, we have an office, but it's not being used. I run my company virtually, and so we meet every day, and my dog is very happy with this situation. He thinks <laughs> whatever whatever happened, it was the best thing that ever could possibly occur. He doesn't read yeah. newspapers. Yeah. And so but also you know it's really changed my schedule r- radically because when Yvonne comes home I'm like I don't want to do any more work
0: no but you better make dinner for her
3: well I, you know, there's a little <laughs> bit of that, but, but 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 seriously like 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 the 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 the, the 9 to 5 existence just doesn't feel no oh. Like a thing that I want to reimpose on my life when this is all over, right? right. I mean, not that I'm saying yeah. I might have to, right? But like, right. like yeah, we, have s- we had rules. We had rules. What's the difference, the you know? We, I mean, hit right. the
2: office when you mm-hmm. need to hit the office, right?
3: And- like, like maybe, maybe this is like, yeah, there's some disastrous stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Let's be very clear; it's not something anyone of us wished for. But, but the end result could be a more positive, healthy environment to function in um and once again we were taught who was really important in our society yeah right um we were taught that uh there is no question the value that teachers bring to our environment because if you take away their classroom
1: mm-hmm. uh
3: they have to be heroes every day yeah. no question right and so so all of them had to learn new skills and and uh you know, parents had to sort of get an empathy for what their uh, teachers were doing with their children because they couldn't function without them, right? Um, And now going into the new school year, we don't know whether or not there will be open schools here in Washington State, um, uh, or at least in various various parts of Washington State. And so, you know, it's just like, I, I think... I, you know, I'm never going to say this was a good period to be alive, but I will say that I don't think, I think the lessons coming out of it won't be all bad.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, I think it, there's, I think right. there's a lot of amazing right. lessons and interesting things that we had no idea would come about. So Yeah.
0: So, Mike, I got one last question. Well, wait, before we do that, whatever yes. your last question yes, is, let's let's
3: let's go back to the amazing games because oh, okay, I yes. pushed that off for. Oh, thank before. you, thank I, you. I want to give right. Bex a chance to ask yes. whatever she was going to ask.
2: Well, I mean, I just was. I want to get it first of all, and then from your website, it sounds yes. like hard covers are kind of sold out at this point, and yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm we, down we with got, the PDF. We,
3: no, no, I got you. I got you. And also, new copies will be in okay. uh, at the end uh, of next month.
2: I feel like I'm 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 on board with the PDF though. In case I f it up, I don't want to be writing in a book. That uh, yeah, I, that's,
3: like, well, that's what people. <laughs> so but that, also, yeah.
2: I read somewhere in the thing. Uh, maybe I misread. Um, does Will Wheaton? Do an audio book. Yes.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How
2: would so, you do the puzzles? Oh
3: no, no, no. So, so uh, that's fair. That's a totally a reasonable question.
2: That's so, kind of pedestrian, but I have no, to no. Ask. It's a great,
3: it's a great question. Oh. So the answer is you don't. Know, um, so, so Will okay. is a um, a great friend, and
2: he. Of course he uh, is? Gosh, uh, Mike, darn it. I have some good, I have, I have <laughs> wow. some good friends. Um, I really like that. Yeah, you do. And so, uh, but basically,
3: um will uh is a voice acting legend Mm -hmm. uh he um and so i i went to him and i said will i'm writing this novel uh well i'm sorry actually this i don't remember what the sequence was no i take it back um he knew i was writing the novel because he backed the kickstarter campaign okay right so so anyway he uh, so we, we were writing the book and i said i want to do an audio book of this um because at some point you know i might sell this to another company and i want to have the things done the way i want them done so yeah. so uh, i say you know people are like what are you talking about it's a puzzle novel you can't I say well, well wait so the thing about the maze of games is that the pages are in the wrong order um,
2: yes and you have so- to solve Yes, you have to
3: solve the puzzles. Sorry, I read to, but, it all. I'm no, no, so you guys, uh, we have to solve the puzzles to get the the pages in the right order, right? So I was like, okay, well, you can't do that in an audiobook, right? So that's not a thing that can happen. But it's interesting to just get. So what we did is he recorded it, and then we assembled it in two orders. The first order is the left to right order of the pages. So if you want to listen to the book in a in a very sort of weird surrealistic puzzling way and try to figure it out like how do these elements all go to each other it's a really fascinating listen to listen to it in the unsolved order um because you're just like where did these characters get this sword how did this you know oh this must have happened before that so it's got sort of this weird audio puzzle environment um uh
2: does and it so it doesn't take away from it? To- no,
3: but so what? What people tend to do is uh, they listen to Will do. His, so he did seventy voices for this oh, the, 70. the thing because the seventy
2: seventy
3: yeah seven zero. Because oh. the thing is about this book is that it takes place. It's the characters are going through a maze of uh, puzzles, and it's really dangerous. And they keep um, they keep uh, running into different monsters and and people and so each two page spreads its own story page and puzzle and it's a unique kind of D&D style encounter basically and so that character only appears on that page that character never appears again right so so he was just like i'm totally and so i called him up and i said will i want to do an audiobook Uh, you're a professional at this i was hoping you could teach me about this and then uh recommend somebody to do this and he said mike (laughs) if you let anyone else but me do this, I will kill you.
2: (laughs) Direct call. Valid threat. And I was just like,
3: my friend is threatening with me with murder.
2: All right. (laughs) I probably ought to to listen to it.
3: So, and he did something. He went in and recorded this and, uh, wrecked his voice. I mean, (gasps) wrecked it. Like he, he threw, did the equivalent of throwing out his back. Um, For you know, it took him out of commission for for a week or more. Is this but
2: is this one one of the voices or no no no? It just well, I don't know. I just mean, the just, whole... just the whole
3: range of it. But they had more fun. They said he posted on social media that they had more fun recording that book than any other book that they'd ever done. Cool. Um, and so so later we did a sequel, sort of a, a an interquel. I don't know what the right word is. A, a chapter that inserts itself in the middle of the book it's kind of a, you know, uh, and, uh, he recorded that and we did a series of audio puzzles that went with that. And we had lots of other people who were musicians and, and, uh, folks like, like Molly Lewis and, and kid beyond the beatboxer and stuff like that come in and do, do audio puzzles that were fun. And so, so the audio experience I think is one of my favorite things that we've done. It's, it's kind of, um, not me and at the same time a little bit me like it's like i'm more of a conductor then because i don't have any particular like i I did some of the audio puzzles and i had i had fun recording those but I'm, i'm an amateur um and uh and these were professionals and they were they were top awesome. top Billy.
2: Gosh, that sounds cool. Awesome. Gosh, I want to get it. I don't even know. I don't even know how I want to get it. Now I want to get it uh, audiobook style. I, I but I also might, want I also want might. the big deluxe book that Kickstarter offered and and I uh, want yeah. the extra somebody. I want the, you know, the freaking yeah. the gatekeepers cryptics and all that stuff. I kinda want that stuff.
3: Well that's that's, but that's
2: yeah. I might I be too so late. We, we'll, I might we'll be too late up. for that. So we'll hook
0: you
3: up.
2: <laughs> thanks man. Thanks so, buddy.
0: So Mike, uh this is a little deep question but uh I'm in favor. Then think I've been uh been thinking about this. So, I, you know, probably you and I both played D&D since the 70s. Um, yeah, barely and, in the 70s. Yeah. And, and growing up uh in, you know, a family where, you know, my mom's Japanese and, and very, you know, from Japan and a lot of Asian influence. You know, when I came across D&D, it it was very Eurocentric, very white. Um, very much so. And now, you look at it now, and not just D&D, but other RPG games, other RPG systems, very progressive, very diverse. Um, I remember when, very bad name, Oriental Adventures came out. Um, uh, when it a name that out. stuck
3: around, just to be clear, for a long time. Yes, it, it past did. Past its expiration it date. It it could have been like I was I was the creative director of one of the creative directors of the third edition Dungeons and Dragons and mm -hmm. we could have changed that name and Mm -hmm. there was strong resistance to changing it and that looks like one of the worst decisions that a group of people associated with me has ever made.
0: I, I didn't like the name, but as an Asian American right? growing family, I love the characters oh, being yeah. able to play something that was not Eurocentric being to play a samurai uh, was that was, it meant so much to me. And yeah. now in, in fifth edition and pathfinder, and all these games, the diversity is amazing. Is this, was this driven because of market forces? We want to just want to make more money or was it driven because nerds like us, uh, those of us that kind of used RPGs as a way to get away from our own insecurities and, and, and bigotry and, and harassment are now people who are actually running some of these companies and yeah. being involved with game design. Or maybe it's that's, a little bit above. both.
3: That's a great question. Um, uh, it's very true that there was a turnover of personnel. right? Like, so that's, that's not trivial. The people, role playing games came out of the Midwest, a a group of, you know, white people, reasonably privileged, mostly men, and it reflected what they loved. You know, Tolkien was a wonderful author, uh, some problematic worldviews. H.P. Lovecraft, great author, real problematic worldviews, right? Like, I mean, yeah. like the most, yeah, <laughs> right? Um, but this is what they loved. And it wasn't because they were racist and it wasn't because they were anti-women and it wasn't because they were homophobic. They weren't those things. It's just what they loved and they reflected that. And then um, a new generation came in around the time I became a creative director, I want to say I wasn't necessarily part of this generation. I was like the generation, half a generation above it, I guess, like, in a, but, but the people who were 28 and, you know, 30 when I was, you know, 35 or whatever. Right. Um, suddenly came in with a whole different set of stuff that they were reading. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and that stuff, manifested itself now you could see the works of octavia butler and and um and uh, jk rowling and and other people you know highly reflected in this environment and those people they also paid respect to the people that the original creators of their rpgs liked but they didn't worship them in the same sense that the original creators of D and D worshiped Tolkien and Lovecraft and, and, and so forth. Right. So, so there was a huge change, um, driven by, you know, right around the time, obviously the, the big change was the, um, the takeover of TSR by wizards of the coast, which I happened to be right in the middle of. And so, um, uh, I got to help with that in some way. And so, but it wasn't perfect. As I said, we republished a book called Oriental Adventures, right? Like, it wasn't, wasn't great. It was just better, I guess, is a better way to phrase it, right? Mm-hmm. Then, now, you look at the the next thing that happens at the same time is the rise of indie RPGs. And now, this group of people is extremely diverse, right? And they're clamoring against the stuff that... The, you know, was there in the past. And now that that group suddenly becomes immensely popular. Like all the people like me want to be those people. And, uh, cause they're having all the fun. And so I think that those, those are very much creator driven fo- forces, right? So that's, that's, that's part one. Part two is the market. Um, uh, you can't, you cannot, tell the story of role-playing games and tabletop gaming without uh, telling the story of Vampire the Masquerade, um, which was the greatest diversifier in the history of gaming. Um, Suddenly it went from there's there's 90% of people who are playing the category RPGs to in this game, 50 plus percent of the people playing are women, right? And that had the, the biggest sea change. Like now we had an audience of people who were, you know, um, who were not straight white men or white boys. And, uh, and we had to serve them or go bankrupt. Like we had to, we had to the, 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 that's a market force that shaped, like you cannot overstate the impact of that game on the gaming industry it's it's like number three or four wow. on the list Wow! And oh, I, did. so, I didn't
0: even yeah know that. i didn't
2: know that either wow that's yeah
3: and so enlightening just i mean just to the point where like you're you're walking around and conventions are just different right you're just like yeah. you you could notice it at the time of like not just i mean you know i hate to to do it uh, on the basis of physical characteristics but but not just that there were a lot of women there, but they were dressed like vampires, mm-hmm. right? Like they were dressed in these, you know, like they were, they were incredibly noticeable, right? Because they became a dominant force. Like you couldn't, you, couldn't walk, you couldn't walk through a gaming hall and not realize that you were in a different space okay. in 1991 than you were in 1987, right? Did you
2: realize that? I At the oh, time. absolutely
3: absolutely yeah. I I did yeah um uh I uh, you know I problematic white male too I I probably I I you know made jokes about it and stuff like that but 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 uh but it's but I knew it was happening and I knew it was a big deal and that's why live action role playing was such a big part of of my story um founded a company called Livewire we did a lot of celebrity based live action games we had a much more diverse environment um and just realized that this was the future and so that's you know one of the reasons that my company has spent so much time um being diversified is that i got to go through that as a person as a player as a game master as you know and i thought it was great and so yeah sorry no please I,
2: i was just gonna say i feel like it's it's it shouldn't be a I don't know, not a burden, but it shouldn't be a, a chore or a thing you have to think about, but it should be this like welcoming, awesome new shit that you've never thought of before, like including all these people. You know, it's just, it's just, it should be just eye opening instead of a chore, you know? And, and I just, I don't know. Well, it like, was. And it, it was yeah. also good
3: for, like, you know, stop writing the awful stuff. You know, stop writing this, stop writing that story where the, the princess has to be rescued from she the, trips. the ravages of the orcs. Ugh.
2: Just stop it. It's lazy. It's boring. I do hate when they trip. They yeah. always trip because yeah. they're always running in high heels.
3: Exactly. Right. But anyway. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, that's, that's, that's lazy, right? That's lazy story writing. Yeah. So we had to tell better stories and we had to. Yeah. We had to, you know, so it, I think the market force is just as important.
2: Um, as, as a female, though, I, I really don't, I don't, I grew up kind of sheltered. I, I wasn't offended, but when I found no. more and more females, superheroes or whatever, and that was yeah. my thing, I wasn't concerned with uh, uh, other, you know, non-white characters as you know females and i wasn't even concerned with it it just it just kind of uh, subconsciously fed in but when it was that was first that first female that that didn't fall that whacked him back you know it's just like yes you know and and it was kind of i didn't even realize i felt that way until it was just until it happened it was like
3: if you don't "Mm," see
2: you know if
3: if you don't see yourself represented in the game you don't know what you're missing until you do And yeah. so, exactly. and so, yeah, so I mean, that's one of the reasons, like, you know, obviously there are like our Pathfinder adventure, our card game now has 250 published characters for it. And, you know, a more I... majority of them probably are female presenting. I mean, I guess, but, but the important thing is that there isn't a racial group that isn't represented. There isn't a, mm-hmm. You know, cool. I mean, you know, obviously there some challenges, right? Um, but, but you know, there's a diversified gender background, diversified sexual orientation, there are trans characters, there are, there are um, uh, disabled characters, there, you know, and just, I mean, cool. because we want so cool. people to see themselves. Yeah. Now, you don't have to choose to play the version of yourself. Like, that's not what we're trying to say, Right. We just want you to know that option is there uh, so that when you do make a, a choice, that choice is either from a point of being willing to reach out to something you aren't or to be comfortable in something you are. And that's, you know, and that's I don't awesome. know why we would, I don't know why we wouldn't want that. Like, I just like, there, there are people who that. seem, seem that to be great. opposed to this for some reason. And I just have no patience no. for that position right it's like wh- why like it was one thread that i i quote all the time first the game hadn't even shipped yet pathfinder adventure card game hadn't actually gotten to shelves we just debuted it at gen con and the quote on board game geek "The thing is why so many female characters and that person just got dogpiled <laughs> 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 because she's
2: like yeah
3: because oh, why not like, man why you, not you're saying you're saying now my son oh please oh don't bring God. your son into this Why well, I, I don't want to raise my son to believe that he has to be a female to be I'm like,
2: really wow why don't you let wow. yourself
3: figure this stuff out for himself because <laughs> i don't know why that surprises me yes. i don't
2: and, know why that surprises me but i guess
3: well it's the naked <laughs> versions of it are the, always the surprising ones right the yeah. ones that are the ones that are sort of couched in 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 you know, you, you sort of expect those, but you never like to expect to see it right in front of you. And so and it's just like, yeah, we had six female characters in our first release and five male characters. And the game goes up to six players. So if you played a six player game, of all and all men were players. One of them would have to choose <laughs> to, <laughs> to play, to well, play I, a woman. Like I believe oh, we sounds, just, the what a burden we have inflicted. We just played
2: them. a recent uh, D uh, version, the Rick and Morty version, and I believe uh, Steve played uh, Ari. Uh, Bath, uh, no, not Beth uh, Summer. You were oh, Summer. The
0: summer, yeah. yeah. And, the Rick and, another, and Morty uh, versus D and D. I think that's the way. We both it both
2: that. the female <laughs> characters are. Were played by men. That was yep. awesome, and they didn't care,
3: yeah. which is oh, great. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, if we're gonna make games about being someone else, you might as well be someone else.
0: Yeah,
1: right.
3: Like, right. like, like <laughs> what, what, what is the point of making a game where you can only be what you are? Right, like, that
2: doesn't. True that. That's, things, that. That's called life. Yeah, reality. like I got
3: that game currently yeah. running, twenty-four-seven. Yeah. I don't
2: sleep right. that game. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I don't
3: know Mike, if that answered your question, Steve. It, but it, it was did. A
0: good it it did. And Mike, you know what? You're a beautiful man. yes, you are. You're a beautiful you guys man. Are yes, beautiful you are, I'm so sir. Serious. Uh, you you don't just talk the talk, man. You walk the walk, and uh, it's reflected in your games. It's reflected in what you do uh, to help you know people of color like myself and ridiculous. And uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, and Paul.
2: other why didn't you mention paul,
0: paul? because there's, paul's there's helped the me the european personally. white man
2: needs a voice here paul helped, you know paul Come helped on. me
0: in my uh my race thank you paul <laughs> no problem. i would not be i would not have had uh, my job right now my other job my civilian job if it were not for paul so thank you paul
2: oh, yeah, oh, wow. That's what my life <laughs> paul is an excellent defender yes, of the <laughs> uh Marginalized. So, so both
0: of my, who are on screen, my both two white male friends. Thank you for being part of it. Because really, you can't bring social change unless you have everybody involved. That's that's how it works. You have to. aren't
2: I one of your white male friends?
0: You're not part no. of the white male. Hey, uh, well, your, I, here's the thing. They called so, Sir a lot. So yeah.
2: I think there's a
3: there, okay. there's there's just to just to be specific about that one point. I mean. You, you can't, if, if, if you're a member of the, the group that is in charge and you want there to be change, you really can't sit on the sidelines because the change will come through you. Yeah. Right? Um, so I, I don't see any reason why any, it isn't in a, a, a white male person's self interest to want to diversify. The environment because that's coming whether you want it or not. Yeah. And especially whether you help or not.
2: Hear that, Polly?
3: So you might as well be there for the people who need help. Now, I'm not perfect, and I've definitely uh, committed my share of offenses, um, and I think it's reasonable to be called to task for those things, uh, especially in those decisions I made while you know uh, employing people and stuff like that and those things can come back and you realize that maybe you changed a little bit and you're willing to judge the past version of yourself a little more harshly but if if you can if if you can say that about yourself you say that's the that's the level at which you have to engage you are incredibly privileged because the other people have to engage at fear of their lives, their jobs, their, yeah. their, um, mm-hmm. their, their, uh, families. Um, when they speak out, they are putting everything at risk and the least you can do
1: mm-hmm.
3: is say, well, I'm there with you because that doesn't cost you a damn thing. Right.
0: No powerful. Well said. Mike, how do we? Uh, how do people get a hold of you on uh, social media?
2: Well, I do chat. I do. I do talk a lot. I know. Um, <laughs> what's your home phone number? Right yeah, here, up on the screen. Um,
3: it's been close to that. Um, thank you, thank you, GamerGate. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I use my own name, unlike a lot of folks. I just, I just use my own name everywhere. So Is it all caps. No, uh, oh. only on the cover of the Pathfinder I read Adventure card yeah. okay. game in really big letters, <laughs> which I really hate. <laughs> I was
2: um, confused by that, but But, okay. uh,
3: but no, um, uh, uh, I'm just Mike Selenker at Twitter on Twitter, on, on Facebook. Um, Lone Shark Games is the name of my company. Uh, you can go to Games.com. Uh, to see all the, you know, all the free and charity stuff that we do, and and check out our store and our blog and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, we're we're a company that values its customer base and its its community a lot. So we will engage with you on whatever issue you want us to engage with you on. So please come find us and talk to us.
0: Wow. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks for coming on our show, and um, well, hopefully we'll get to see each other again in person. That would be kind of nice. Uh,
3: well, you know, if you need me for anything, you know I'm there. And let's let's do the plug of the thing that we talked about earlier. Um, the you contributed forward to my next book, um, Game Theory: and The Age of Chaos Omnibus yes. Edition. Uh, it's gonna there's gonna be ch- uh, proceeds going to. Uh, various groups and candidates fighting against fascism. I'm awesome. very happy to be riding alongside you. So Thank uh,
0: you. And,
2: and I, I encourage people to go on your uh, your website, Lone Shark Games website, and uh, read what you wrote. I thought it was absolutely mm-hmm. amazing and awesome, and I really appreciated it.
0: Yeah, cool. Very honored. Thank you cool, very cool. much.
3: Thank you for having me on your show. This has been yes. great. Yes. Thank
0: you.
2: Oh my gosh, Mike is awesome, isn't he? So impressive! I love that guy. It was really, yes. really an yeah. awesome interview. I yeah. thought. Yes. I wished we had more time. I,
0: it's it's so great that he like you now he has these values and beliefs, and he carries that over into his business. Um, and he um, he doesn't hold back, right? He's he's a social justice warrior and a game designer all in one.
2: So, what was the for those of us? I mean, for those of you out there in the audience who didn't see his first interview episode, what was that again? Fifteen or eleven? Or oh, yeah, yeah, some think, such thing before y'all decided to include me. Oh, well, wow. how how did that differ? <laughs> I, I can imagine that differed very very much because wow, everything I, was different then.
0: I feel like that was a little, that was a little microaggression. I think he just showed that
2: no, there. no, 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 <laughs> no. But way to use the buzzword. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do microaggressions. I only do macroaggressions. So you'll know.
0: <laughs> uh, episode 15, actually. Uh, we how go how on- did
2: that differ? Um, I Well, mean-
0: we, we go more into like how he came to be, how he went into game design. Because um, of-
2: I imagine a lot of this, um, I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, the political correctness Probably you didn't even discuss that in the first no. right? I mean, that wasn't no. even a thing.
0: No, I, it's and, and to be honest, it's like, you know, I, I, I follow Mike on his social media. And so I just, you know, he's very active. And I just went, you know what, we, we got to talk about this. Because, you know, you, we all kind of interact with people, you know, inside the tabletop gaming world. And um, social justice is a, kind of a big part of it and um, I don't think we do and we don't talk about it enough on the show and and, and so I want to bring in somebody like Mike who who does talk about it who believes in it who actually has a company that is has, you know that's kind of one of his values and if you look at any of his games you can see how diverse they are in terms of the characters and, and everything so
2: yeah he definitely seems to walk the walk so yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's good to see that. I mean, you're, I mean a lot of, a lot of these companies are, are doing it and I'm glad that we've got that going. So I mean you can't it's hard to be a I don't know, a, to to go to these conventions and to interact with different people without being kind of open-minded and and accepting other people. It's it's kind of tough to do that. Yeah. In fact, I don't think of any of the games I've played and all the conventions I went to, I, I don't think I've met a very, I haven't met any close-minded people. Maybe it's just the nature of who we are,
2: I guess. I, I don't know.
0: I'm sure they're out there, but I haven't i haven't met them. So.
2: I'm close-minded. I'm very, very close-minded. You are. I Paul, pay, Paul me you. pays me to hang out with you. I
0: have to correct but. you.
2: He wants you to have friends. I know there's a lot of corrections that I, of things I say that y'all don't see or hear because they edit it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a statement for the viewers, non- people who do more than listen, but view. You see this background by Still Paul? This mimic? This awesomely painted mimic by his, his wife painted that. And yeah. even though it looks super huge like it's eating his head, it's it's a teeny tiny little mini. But um Why, why did she have to, I mean, why couldn't she have given it clean white teeth? Mimics always have bad dentition. Is that gross stains? Do they not brush?
0: They don't, uh, they don't
2: floss. They don't floss. Is that because they don't have like hands or whatever? I mean, is that why? Because really the teeth look good. It's just, they definitely need some, you know, care up top there. Does anyone else agree? Sure. I yes. think we actually
0: talked about it before we started this. It's a topic.
2: Yeah. Den- a topic. Take care of your dentition. That's right. Yeah. I Well, uh, that's all I've got for the show. How about you guys? Well, I think I just told you my last thought. Yes,
0: that's true. Paul, <laughs> you're seem to. you dead, Paul. You seem to be out of
2: it, man. Oh, wake I up. What are you, waking up at 2 a.m. or something? Two. What? at 2. Yeah. He wakes yep. up at 2. This is an excuse for everything Yeah. 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 All right, folks.
0: Well, with that, I guess we'll end the show. So embrace the nerd. From six feet away. Yes. And I hope you make that saving throw. Oh. Listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast, featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.